another episode of Stolen Our Hearts, the podcast about ferrets and other exotic pets. Today I'm talking with Cindy, who is an animal communicator, and she has a lot of alpacas and can also communicate with animals. Um, so have a listen, see if you believe it's possible. Um, I'd also like to remind you that there is a Facebook group now, Stolen Our Hearts, the Facebook group. I'd love to see you there. Hello, would you like to introduce yourself to me? <laughs> sure, I'm Cindy Myers and I'm an animal communicator and fetal energy healer. I live in Oregon in the United mm. States and uh, I have an alpaca farm with about mm. seven, well, currently 17 alpacas, <laughs> three dogs and three cats living on the farm with me. And uh, I have quite a different background, I guess, that, that got me into this. But uh, we could talk about that later. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would love to talk about um, the alpacas first. Okay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so you've got 17 alpacas. Are they, like, have you bred any of them or have you collected them from around the place? Or what's the deal with the alpacas? <laughs> A little of both. Um, I'm no longer breeding, but I, I did breed for quite a number of years, and some of them on the farm were born to me here, mm-hmm. and then I also bought a few along the way. So, uh, yeah, yeah, did a, a quite a few birthings on the farm here. Oh wow! So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what colors are they? I'm sure people I've would got like a to pretty know. Much, I, well, I have both kinds. There's two breeds of alpacas. Are there? I have uh, one is called the Wakaya, which is probably what most people are are used to seeing. They're kind of the woollier looking okay. ones. And then the more rare type is called the Suri, S-U-R-I. Oh. And they kind of have more of a dreadlocky look to them <gasps> and, and a very silky soft and actually really warm. Uh, they're... When you shear them off, it fills up the bag and it's just this little bag, but that weighs <laughs> more than the big bag full of the Wow. Fluffy. So it's very warm and, and very, very soft. So uh, about half and half of my herd are the Wokai and half are the Suri. Mm. Um, so I, I, I just couldn't make up my mind which one I wanted. So I, had I have both, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, um, people were like, oh, you're going to end up being a crazy cat lady. I'm like, well, no, I'm going to be a crazy alpaca lady. That was my dream. Oh. <laughs> have a big house with a porch and I'll sit on the front of me like, get off my lawn, but I'd have a whole bunch of alpacas. That was yeah. what I was saying. So um, what is it like having alpacas in reality? Because um, I've oh. only seen them and patted them and things, and I think they're amazing. But I don't know much about having them as like, in part of your life, I guess. Um, well, and actually, they're a little more cat-like than, uh, you know, for companions. <laughs> if yeah. they want to hang out with you, they will. But they have the most amazing energy. That's where they are mm. very different than other animals. They're even considering they're such flight animals, they don't have any means of defense. Mm-hmm. So they are, tend to be much more skittish mm-hmm. and will want to run away from you. Uh, but they have this amazing energy about them that's calming. And mm-hmm. so people with anxiety, with had kids, uh, veterans with post-traumatic stress, they come onto the farm 
and, and you can just see their energy and their stress calm down. Or people that have mm -hmm. high stress jobs, they come out and their stress calms down. And and that's kind of what draw, drew me to them was some, uh, an incident that happened to me that was very traumatic. And okay. uh, I was just, they kind of helped heal me <laughs> in that way. There was something about them that taught me how to deal with anxiety and stress. And I could totally tell the difference with the hour or two. I used to say all the time when I was boarding, I had to board for the first three years of owning them because I had. Mm. I lived in a suburbia. Oh, <laughs> I could have them <laughs> where I lived. And so I boarded the first two that I bought. And, and, and I also, I didn't know beans about taking care of them. I only <laughs> had dogs before, so I needed a an adult 4-H kind of a how-to. <laughs> and that would allow me the experience of learning how to take care of them. And and I knew within, you know, just spending time there was like being at a spa. I could have sworn mm -hmm. I just had the best massage coming <laughs> out of there because I was just so zenned out just, just hanging out with them. And so that really helped me through some really challenging times. And mm -hmm. what it's like to have them, they're actually relatively easy animals. They're kind of low-maintenance guys. Really? So they don't need a whole lot of upkeep. The 17 that I have take way less than my dogs. Oh, wow. <laughs> time and energy uh, and, and expense. My feed bill is about, for the 17, is, is about the same or less than what I pay from dog food mm -hmm. a month. So, you know, so their, their care is really pretty simple for the most part unless you have a medical problem but mm -hmm. no matter what this the day-to-day -day stuff they actually poop in community piles oh nice time. <laughs> so my my cleaning up is not that hard every day i do like to keep it tidy but you know you just they can't, especially the, the boys are actually tidier than the girls about wow. that. but uh, but it really doesn't take takes me half hour 40 minutes in the morning to clean up there Mm -hmm. Their poop and and I I enjoy it. I find that very relaxing instead of yeah. the gym. <laughs> the shuffle, yeah. <laughs> and um, I I call it my crafty therapy, so I sort through my problems. <laughs> that's pretty good. This would take a lot that. of thought to clean up poop, so. <laughs> no, I like that. It's, it would be do meditation, sort of just yeah, exactly. And very zen like. And <laughs> nice. <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so I would like to hear how you got into them. You said, um, I mean, you didn't know anything about them and you have two alpacas. So I'd love to know how you got into them from your stressful environment time that you had, if you wouldn't mind telling me. Sure, sure. Um, well, <laughs> I, I came from a background in, uh, I was an engineer. I worked as an engineer mm -hmm. for the, the Navy. Um, uh, for almost about 17 to almost 10, 20 years I worked mm -hmm. as an engineer and it was pretty stressful position. I was a manager at the time mm -hmm. and had a lot of people under me and a lot of projects that I oversaw. And uh, so I was doing that. I also got a master's at the same time for, uh, for counseling mm -hmm. uh, on my master's degree and was seeing clients to work on becoming a, a therapist. That was my my goal for the second career. Yes. Um, so I was getting, doing the interning and collecting the time that the requirements were to get licensed and all that. So I was doing the two jobs. And then I was also had um, um, my mother was still living and required a lot of caregiving at the time. Mm -hmm. She was at towards her end of life. And yep. the time needed 
for her was getting more and more demanding and very stressful. Mm -hmm. So I had three main things going on at the same time. And then my mom did pass away. And my sisters uh, were wonderful. And they said, you know, you did so much taking care of her. Why don't, because they lived far away. So it was Mm -hmm. on me to take care of her. So they said, why don't you (laughs) quit your job or take a break or whatever you want to do and just focus on what you really want to do and just, Mm -hmm. you know, let this live in her house. Sell your house and and live in my mom's house that was bought paid for. She didn't have to have any big overhead. And I thought, Mm -hmm. that's great. So I was going to do that and put my house on the market. And it was just in escrow when uh, it burned down. (gasps) Oh, no. Six weeks after my mom passed away, my oh. I lost my home and all my belongings, and it was arsonists that did it. Somebody oh, intentionally shit. burned my home down. So that was just, you know, that that was pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> that did me in, and I was pretty stressed out by all of that. Mm, I wonder, wonder why. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I also knew at the moment that it was kind of like a life do-over. You know, that mm-hmm. it was kind of clearing. It literally cleared everything out, right? Because it changed all of my identities. Because I couldn't go back to engineering because I didn't couldn't deal with those people yeah. anymore in that work. And I knew I couldn't. I could barely take care of myself because of the mm-hmm. anxiety and everything that that the house and the fire caused. So yeah. being a therapist was gone because I couldn't take mm-hmm. care of other people's emotional needs because I could barely take care of my own. And and I was no longer a caregiver, so I had no identity left. So I had right. to start rebuilding from the ground up. The only thing that I had in my life was my dog, and then I had gotten a second dog pretty quickly after the fire. Because mm-hmm. I knew that we both, my other dog and I, both needed a therapy animal for us yeah. to help us deal with the stress. So I got a puppy, and the two dogs and I just kind of regrouped. Mm-hmm. And hung out and played, and I I said I didn't do drugs, I didn't do any anti anxiety or anti depression drugs. I did dogs. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and uh, it was about it took not quite a year to rebuild the house. The insurance took took care of it all. Oh, that's good. But, uh, yeah, it was great. But uh, it took a year to put it back on yeah. the market again. And so uh, once it sold, and I had that off my plate, and. I started feeling a little more solid about myself again. I decided, okay, it's time to figure out what I want to do next. Mm. And I took a little vacation for the first time in years. And when I, while I was taking the trip and looking at where I might want to move, because I came up to Oregon to think mm-hmm. about moving up this way. And as I was doing that every night in the hotel, I had my laptop and I explored things I might want to do with some property. You know, if I got a house, well, I thought I'd get a half acre, I had 13 dogs, maybe I'll get a sheep or something mm. or another. And I started playing with the different ideas. And when I got back home, I discovered alpacas. And two weeks later, I bought my first one. Wow. <laughs> I fell in love with them the second I saw them. Mm-hmm. And I just held, I, I knew <laughs> I wanted them, but I said, no, you can't buy until you you do a little more research so I forced myself to wait two weeks <laughs> <laughs> two weeks <laughs> oh gosh that's amazing um, so what drew you to them if you're just looking for them online or like for animals actually it was my chiropractor that suggested I go check them out after okay. I took my vacation I was a driving vacation and I was folded up so much 
and I was telling her about all the animals. I was looking at mini donkeys, mini horses, mm -hmm. and all these things. And she said, you should check out these cute alpacas. There's a farm. It was about 20 miles from my house mm -hmm. at the time. And I thought, oh, okay. So I, then I went online, and I found the, that farm. And, mm -hmm. and it took me a few emails. <laughs> I didn't realize my intuition was, was saying, are you sure? Because every time I went to email the owner of the farm to see if I could get a tour and talk to her about and, and meet these alpacas, my hand was shaking. No. And, <laughs> and I couldn't get sent. But I just thought at the time I was just, I'm very introverted and kind of shy. And back then I was really introverted. And shy. Yeah. After the fire, I was not mm. people-oriented very well at the time. No, I and so... Uh, it took me about three tries, um, but I kept looking at her website and like, I want to meet you. I got it. Yeah. So finally, I just oh, stop being such a, a, a silly thing and <laughs> hit send. So I did, and I said, oh, she probably won't even. They probably won't even get back to me. So yeah. it. And not even um, two minutes later, I <laughs> get an email reply saying, sure, how's tomorrow sound? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And that was it. So once I met them and heard. About them, she gave, spent about two hours talking to me all about what an alpaca was and their history and their story of the business. And when she started talking about what they do on their farm, because it was mm. a very big farm, and they had a, when I started, they had about 200. When I left after three years and bought my own place, they had a, almost 400 alpacas. Wow. So it was a big farm, so I could spend as much time, and they were really great about teaching us how to trim toenails, get shots, and halter, and the vet was out at least once a week to do mm. different things, so I could volunteer and observe and learn from the vet, so I spent a lot of time, I was, I was out there about four or five days a week, just helping out and spending time with them. So that's, that's where they my boarded? Intuition. That's where I boarded mm -hmm. my alpacas for three years Great. while I looked for property that would work for me, and that was also a good time to realize how big and how small I wanted my property, yes. spending time with them, not having an, a farm of my own. I needed, and I'm a solo person, so yep. I needed to be friendly <laughs> mm -hmm. that I could handle. So I have five acres, mm. and it's the right size that I can manage myself and the animals, and the right size animals, number of animals that I have. Yes. So that's how I got here, and uh, and, and again, but they also, that time was really valuable because I didn't have the full responsibility of their care, mm -hmm. but I could really learn from them because they're mm -hmm. so intuitive. They're highly intuitive animals. Okay. And so my intuition just went through the roof, like just mm -hmm. hanging out with them and learning how to communicate the way they like to communicate, which is in, intuitively. Uh, they wow. have very little vocalization, so... Mm -hmm. Oh, we really connected. <laughs> Our spirits connected. So they did. The, I my first book is titled "Alpacas Don't Do That" because <laughs> when I uh, spent time with with them, they would do things for me that they never did with other people. So oh. Every time the owner would would go by, they go, "Alpacas don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> well, then they are. What did they do? And that then was I different? say they do now. <laughs> oh well, I taught mine my my alpacas to stick their noses in their halters on their own mm -hmm. and not have to chase them all over the place. They would let me go up and just not have to do all mm -hmm. the other stuff. Um, and I also, they, they, alpacas don't typically don't like to be touched, which mm -hmm. is, I think, God's 
practical joke on us because they make them it's so incredibly soft. soft. And then they say, catch me. It's so unfair. <laughs> it's so unfair. But uh, uh, mine, lear- mine that I wound up buying, they've learned to like full body massages. Wow. <laughs> and they would just lay down and I could give them full body massages and people would walk by and go, wait a second. <laughs> alpacas don't do that. And then the, my alpacas taught other alpacas that this person is really good at getting massages. <laughs> so they would line up and and they would seek me out. <laughs> Even ones that moved, when mine moved to another pasture, you know, big farm. Mm-hmm. So if mine were in a different pasture, I would have total stranger alpacas that I didn't know would walk up to me and want a massage and just kind of turn their body and I'd know exactly what they wanted. <laughs> and they would That's lay so down. Good. So, yeah, a lot of little things and the babies all like me. The, the juniors that the uh, halter thing, they had me train all their Mm-hmm. Their, their wing wings, how to walk nicely in a halter because they just wanted mm-hmm. to be much faster and easier than others. So. Yeah. <laughs> so the babies would all come running to me as soon as they see me out there. It was funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, so they they really don't like pets normally. That's a shame. <laughs> I have a couple that do, but yeah, a lot of them, there's some that, that don't mind it, but there's like most. I would say are kind of skittish and go, okay. <laughs> so um, there's a, a lady I know around here who has a, a packer that comes inside and watches TV with them and things. Um, it goes to work with them every day, which is a pet shop, and it lives out the back of the pet shop. And then um, it's a garden centre and pet shop combined and lives out the back. And then every night they put it back in the van, take it home, and it lives in their backyard, and I assume it's a big backyard, um, but it comes inside and things. So is that um, – you haven't heard of I that before. <laughs> well, I do know of a couple that it, it's happened, and I don't recommend it usually. No. I think they got her quite out. young. Yeah, they tend to need to – they're herd animals, so they need each other, mm-hmm. and – they if they ever have to live with another alpaca, then they can get really confused because they don't know how to be an alpaca. Because they do learn how to communicate with each other as young youngsters from infant on, and mm-hmm. I've seen really disasters happen. So I don't recommend it. It happens, and it's cute and wonderful, but I've also seen the outcome if those alpacas wind up not being able to live in a house mm-hmm. and have to go be part of the herd they don't fit in and it can be really quite sad and traumatic yeah that's true uh, apparently they treat the children as alpaca like the this alpaca treats the children in the family like other alpacas so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a bit weird but um sometimes too when their hormones kick in it can get really messed up <laughs> so okay yeah i don't know how old it is but if it's you know i hope it all works out i do know one person and her alpaca is a couple years old now, and she comes in and out of the house. And mm-hmm. um, you know, she just needed to be inside because of health issues. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you know, they built a ramp, and she watches the TV and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Same thing. Um, and, and she's just adorable, but not recommended. Does, it's not recommended. She was in a special circumstance, and mm-hmm. she's adapted, and she does know how to go out and hang out with another alpaca or oh, that's good. in the yard 
but um, so that it has worked out. But you really have to understand alpacas language a little bit. Mm -hmm. They're herd animals, so they have to learn from each other. So if they if you teach them to be an alpaca too, that's the best. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but um so and you definitely need a farm sort of situation. That's for our them, yes, yeah. yes. You don't need a lot of space, but you do okay. need some space. They it's good if you they can graze. I mean I know a lot of places that don't have grass, so they do need to be paid in instead mm -hmm. of grass, but of course, they prefer it. And mine, you know, again, 17. I've had up to 50 on my farm. Oh, wow. Which was very crowded and being five but, acres. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it chewed down my field pretty good. But I bet. <laughs> you know, 17, 17 is a manageable size for me. So it's a good number. Um, <clears throat> so, at the moment, what is your current job? Off on a complete tangent there, but yeah, my my main business that brings in the most income is my animal communication and clean right. of energy business, mm -hmm. and so uh, the alpacas taught me how to communicate better, and and then I use them to teach classes. Uh, right now, it's kind of difficult having in person stuff still, but mm -hmm. in the United States. But um, hopefully, one of these days soon, we can start the in person classes again. And I use my alpacas to teach how to communicate with animals. And they're wow. very good teachers for that. So that's how I kind of morph my business out of the breeding and using them still on the farm. Mm -hmm. um, and then I use the fiber and all that to make a little bit of money and get knit things. Yes, you're wearing a uh, shawl yeah, there, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I spin and make my own yarn. And oh. I admit it. Um, but that's just kind of a side income to help yeah. pay their feed bill. But the real business is animal communication. I work with all species, uh, dogs, cats, uh, birds. Mm -hmm. I was just <laughs> at a friend's farm with her mini donkey helping them because mm -hmm. they get stressed out at the, when the barrier is, is, is there. Yeah. So I help clear and keep the donkeys calm while they have their spa day. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, horses, of course. Mm -hmm. and again, a cheap donkey. <laughs> Uh, uh, who else? Although I think I meant, I don't know if I told you the oddest one that I've ever communicated with was a tarantula. Yeah, <laughs> you did say bit, that. That's bit unusual. Um, uh, different kind types of birds. Um, so yeah, whatever a client comes up and, and two leggers <laughs> and humans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I work with humans, so it brings in the counseling uh, degree a little bit. That's good. People. Uh, and just working, I would say the vast majority are for animals or dogs or cats. Of course, mm -hmm. but I have worked with all sorts of different kinds of species. Although I think I mentioned to you, I have not talked to a ferret before. So no, we might have to try that. Um, so what exactly is what you're talking about? Because you're saying communicating. What is that like? What do you uh, do well, on the farm I'm with the alpacas? And yeah, there's different types <laughs> of intuitives. I'm um, my strongest intuitive sense. There's different lay, you know. There's different types of intuition. Like there's different kinds of our five senses. You know, we know we know about seeing, hearing, touching, smell, taste mm -hmm. are the normal senses. Well, there's equivalent of an intuitive sense okay. uh, as well. Plus, 
uh, I'm uh, more an empath, which means I pick up not only people's emotional state, I'm very good at that, but I also am a physical empath, which means I can actually phys physically feel things that are in my body. So if somebody has a backache, I can feel the backache. Okay. If they have a headache, I can feel the headache. Okay. So I can actually sometimes, not always, but feel the distortion or the challenge, physical challenges in my body. But um, but it's also emotions. And animals have emotions. They just don't have Definitely. as broad of a vocabulary as mm -hmm. the humans do. I, I use most animals, a lot of animals are about the equivalent of a toddler. Mm -hmm. As far as having the types of emotions or, or emotional intelligence or vocabulary. I have to yeah. vocabulary. So, and if anybody's seen a toddler have a temper tantrum, you know they can have strong emotions. So animals can have really strong emotions. And emotions to me are just chemicals that our body creates, mm -hmm. um, including animals. It's just a chemical that our body creates to relate to an experience, a memory, uh, a thought mm -hmm. that we're having. And so <clears throat> once it gets into a, the chemical formula, <laughs> uh, you can drop it down even to the, to the molecular level uh, or atomic level and it becomes energy at that point okay so so uh and you can also think of it as like a food calorie you know a food mm -hmm. chemical if you eat food right it gets it, broken down into its different chemicals that mm -hmm. we can use then to fuel us yep. but if we eat more food than than what we can burn off in a day those food calories have to go somewhere. Those food chemicals get stuck in our body. Mm -hmm. So it's true with emotions. If those emotional calories can't get burned off in a day, all those emotions that we have throughout the day, those chemicals get stuck in our body just like food would be. Okay. okay. And so, yeah, so it's, I mean, it's just the it's, it's same concept. Um, <clears throat> and so, therefore, those emotions can get stuck in wherever gets stuck in our body creates like a distortion you know it's like it's blocking our natural energy flow to that spot and they act like a magnet it's it's really physics at this point okay it, you know they have because every emotion has its own uh frequency or signature to it that it it will act like a magnet so if you have a certain type of anxiety for example i'll tell you here's a good example uh, come in, in the United States, April is our tax time where we mm -hmm. have to pay our federal taxes. And about March, end of March, I start getting a lot of people with lower back issues. And it's because they haven't done their taxes and they're stressed out about it. So money issues go, love to go to lower back. Okay. And so I know immediately, as soon as somebody calls me, say, oh, I'm having taxes. And at that time of year, I say, oh, have you done your taxes? <laughs> and they'll tell me no. <laughs> So then I, now I know how to coach them to get out of that stress state and, and get going so they're not procrastinating to get their taxes done. And I clear the trapped emotions because those emotions are going to that top spot in their back that is causing a, a pressure into their back. Well, I definitely so I know that stresses and things definitely come out in different pains and aches because of mm -hmm. how you hold your body. Hold mm. your body, yeah. 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 So, so getting rid of all those trapped emotions then helps just make you feel better or, or the animal feel better. But they can also create a habit that night. So, if you yeah. Do something uh, for an animal that might all of a sudden be a lot of anxiety, and then they start having accidents in the house. 
Mm. We can clear some of that anxiety, whatever is going on, clear that, and that can quite often help with the potty incidences in the house. Mm. Um, some of them like to chew on themselves, you know, and that's mm-hmm. another anxiety thing, chewing on feet. So if they're obsessively chewing on themselves, clear the trapped emotions that are creating that, that quite often helps with that. Um, some other issues that might need, need communicating with them, so I'll clear whatever the trapped emotion is, and then I work with the person to help understand what the behavior you do want them to do instead. I don't mm. like using negatives because the animals, if they hear my alpacas, if I tell them don't spit, because they, they will yep. spit sometimes, um, they don't hear don't. They yep. just hear spit, so then they launch it. Just like, <laughs> right? children, just like children, you say don't run, mm-hmm. and they, they're off they go, right? Yeah, so, so you say uh, walk. <laughs> walk. Exactly. Yeah. So I tell my alpacas, keep it in your mouth. So if they're having <laughs> accidents in the house, and they don't want to say uh, don't go in the house, it's like go outside. And yeah. remind them what we do want, and then give you uh, other. And I coach you on other techniques and what you can do for them that helps reduce the anxiety and whatever is going on in the house that might have created the stress. And then sometimes it, people just don't know why all of a sudden they say, you know, why are they stressed? They were fine a while ago, and all of a sudden now they are stressed. Why? Mm-hmm. So we get to maybe the animal will give you a clue on what what is upsetting them. And sometimes it's like, did you move their cat tree someplace? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, well, I thought they would like looking out this window better. And I said, well, did you just move it or did you tell them you were going to move it? Because <laughs> they were like upset that you moved the cat tree. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that comes up quite often. So we have to work through. I mean, well, I thought I was doing it for something good for them, right? Yeah. But the cat was upset. They moved their things without. So, um, forgive me here because it's I'm not used to this sort of thing. Um, when you say asking the cat or whatever, is that do they actually understand words? Do you believe, or is it just like a what's animals the deal here? <laughs> have, yeah, animals understand a few words. Yes, they do have a vocabulary. Yes, we get, it's very limited, get but. They actually, I recommend people think to them more okay. than say it out loud. Because if it's my dog, if I say something, they're sitting here, but if I say that, they're mm. <laughs> Right? And that they're so focused on what what do I have to do to get that C word mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're not listening to anything else because they're, they're just focusing on that. So they're not really listening to all the other things because they don't understand it. Just blah, 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 wah, 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 wah. So I, I tend not to use my outside voice, but they can think, they see the pictures. Okay. Or the emotions that come with the pictures. So if I want them, uh, again, with the alpacas, if I'm going to, uh, the vet's coming, maybe they do an exam on them and I have to catch them, I will tell them exactly what they're going to do. I will tell them I'm going to help with you. <laughs> And so stand, pick a corner and stand. And I'll walk around a couple times and then they'll decide where they want to stand. And then I can just help them up. And then if we're trimming toenails or something like that, I will communicate to them. We're trimming toenails. It helps them be less stressed out. So for the cat, you know, asking them, or, or it may mean it's not asking them, I'm just going to let them know what's going on. I'm mm-hmm. moving. I'm picturing to them that I'm going to move your cat tree and 
see bird, big birdies out this window. You know, I put a finger out there so you can look at birdies. Go look at the birdies. <laughs> you know, so I'm picturing that all to them. And then they can be at least more aware that something is happening. Because otherwise, if something just moves, they go, what the heck? Why did you do that? <laughs> so this isn't a talent that's just yours. You think everyone can no. picture things. Okay. Absolutely. I not like you having a special power that you no, but just I, know about I, it. To me, uh, intuition, everybody can learn it has mm -hmm. some level of intuition, but it's kind of like singing. You know, everybody yep. can sing. Even a talented person can sing. It's just that some of us are better than others. For me, singing, you want me to stay in the shower and not come out. <laughs> That's one time my alpacas used to have me quite often. So if I'm out there singing away and they walk by and go, <laughs> they don't like my singing. <laughs> so it's like everybody's a pit, right? <laughs> but... <laughs> But for whatever reason, yes, this was part of the gift. I didn't ask for it, but okay. something in me is better at at communicating. Um, whether it's just because I understand the physics of it all, all, I've been. I always said it would be cool to be able to do that, and mm. I saw something, and so I was open to it. And then I put thousands of hours in practicing and studying and observing and listening carefully. To me, I'm mm. a listener more than a teacher. Uh -huh. Talking to, I've learned how to communicate that way of taking in stuff, and I also think the counseling background was very helpful mm -hmm. as well because I I had to learn to listen and listen beyond just the ears, body mm -hmm. language. So I'm an observer. Those three years of just observing the alpacas and their body language, how they communicate, how they work, how they how they interact, and listening to my own body of what was going mm -hmm. on, and because I was picking up things physically that was uncomfortable. I needed to learn how to do it and how to protect myself as well and understand, hey, otherwise you go kind of go bonkers every time you go in. Is this mine? Am I having chest pains? Am I having you know, you can become a total um, hypochondriac. Yeah. How to Good. maneuver through this. So I really needed to learn how to do it for my own sanity sake, mm -hmm. how to balance. And then because my counseling background and where I went to school was a, a union-based kind of a school with um, depth, depth psychology, so a lot of metaphors okay. and all that. That's how animals communicate a lot with a metaphor. I get, I will get a metaphor uh, type of image, and mm -hmm. then I can interpret it. So I kind of consider myself not only a listener but a translator. Then, so I'm yeah. translating what the animals send me in a picture. Quite yeah. often, it's a picture. Um, or whatever, the, however the information they're sending me, I need to process it, which is my engineering background and my <laughs> radar background, is learning how to process that Useful. information and then communicate it back to the owner and how, what's yeah. going on and vice versa. So, yeah. Hmm. But you, I do tell people all the time, so just think to them. <laughs> Even if you don't hear back what they're saying to you, just think to them. They'll, they'll hear you. That's good. Hmm. I wonder if that's why yeah, I say me a lot. Well, I, I find that I get along with animals a lot better than other people tend to as well, so it's interesting. Um, yeah, so... Now, at your, sorry? Oh, you've cut. My own dogs. My own dogs. My own dogs. Are you hearing me okay? Now my I can, own, yes. It froze. My own, yep. my own dogs uh, tend not to listen to me so oh, well. well. Isn't that like but children and their parents? So Exactly. So they're used to me and they're going, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I don't ignore mom now. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so at your farm, what you're doing with the alpacas is teaching people to learn these skills. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. I also teach them all from a webinar on Zoom. Oh, okay. And I have some classes. I do some semi-private classes right now. I find those are more fun than even the private, although I've, been, I've done some private as well, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But the semi-privates are really great. And we use my animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use Zoom, so you get to do it at a distance. That's and good. then I, I, I put a picture of my one of my animals, quite often I'll pack it, and then they get to oh, sorry. communicating with them. I <laughs> heard a child outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, sorry. Freya, they're fine. They're just playing. She doesn't usually care about um people outside, but must be more. Shush. Freya, it's fine. Okay. I have to cut this bit. Hey. Freya, it's okay. She does this more when it's just me home. <laughs> so Just a second. I'm sorry. I'll just have to go. You right now? No. Sorry. Talking about stress. This one's a bit not very happy right now. What's up? Yawn. Yes. Yawn. <sighs> okay. So, um, <clears throat> sorry. Is she telling oh. you anything right now? <laughs> so I would picture peace and calm. Good girl. Happy now? You release a little anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> She's still very alert, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the peace and calm works nicely. Your husband's calm down. Mm. And by breathing ourselves, sending that out, I, can, I picture something that makes me feel peace and calm and send that out. And that quite often helps better. Mm. Once they start to. <laughs> Not to distract them a little bit like you did by distracting your office like she was afraid of. Again, that's what we want to have happen. Mm. <laughs> Still growling. <laughs> yeah, I hear the. So I told her, I said, You sound like a kitty cat. <laughs> yeah, she does a bit. Mm. It's okay, you don't have to protect anyone. It's all fine, they're outside. <laughs> but they were kids, they're probably moving fast. Probably. She can't see them. We've got blinds down, but. Yeah. They're a bit noisy. <laughs> She just gets more anxious when it's just me home because the two of them, um, with the two of us home, it's like more secure. So, yes, okay, good girl. 
So, um, I was going to ask, how would you talk to a ferret? It's it's the same way I would talk to even a prince. I just reach out and um and connect intuitively at first. So I mm-hmm. like having if they have a name, I like to have a name and then tap into them. I kind of scan to see in my body if I'm feeling anything, mm-hmm. and then uh and then just kind of let the intuition go wherever they want to take me from there. Sometimes it's starting by releasing a couple emotions. Everybody has an emotion that we can release. And then we go from there if they have anything to say. They usually, they usually are quiet for having to communicate something to me until after we kind of clear all their energy out and rebalance them. Sometimes they have a thought. It can be very short. It's not like a big, long sentence and a big book. Anybody that starts telling me, you know, that is a beginner and starts telling me what they think an animal communicated with them, and it's just a huge long story. I go, sorry, that's a suggestion. <laughs> it's a flash. <laughs> it is a real flash, quick flash of a, some, a picture, something, and it's a nanosecond. You gotta catch it fast. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in and out really fast, and then it's trying to figure it out. And then I talk with you to brainstorm. And say, Does this make sense to you? Mm-hmm. It may, it may not make any sense to me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um. So, would you like to try? Sure. Sure. Okay. Which one should I grab? I've got three. Um. Should I choose one that is more having a behaviour that I don't approve of so much, or should I choose one that is? Take your pick. Alrighty. I'll choose one. Just a second. Oh, yeah. So this is Aww. Winnie. That's <laughs> cute, cute. He's very cute. They get along. They do, but Freya seems to think that they're puppies. So, oh. um, <laughs> she doesn't quite understand why they don't want to play with her like a puppy does. So she'll try, and that doesn't really this work. This is Winnie. Winnie, Winnie, yeah, Winston, but Winnie. Ah. He's always been Winnie. <laughs> I had a friend that. Had a great pyramid game that Winston called Winnie. That different size, but oh white like this one. <laughs> Both white. So Winston, is this the one that has the behavioral issues? Uh, probably all three have behavioral issues okay, of so different sorts. I mean, they're ferrets, so they always have get into a little mischief. Yes, they do. In their way. So mm-hmm. I don't really know their their habits and be normal behaviors. Mm-hmm. Will be interesting for kind of. Well, they vary. They vary depending on you know, sure, personality. Sure of everything, but their species tend to have certain traits. Definitely. Um, and then, and then each one then has their own personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look right away. <laughs> I felt something down his back, down his back, and on his left side, coming down his left arm, there's a little discomfort. Okay. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't know that. Left arm, baby. Release that. And it, and it just might be the trapped emotion that's just going away. Well, actually, his back has a very big deformity on it. I was going to say, I, what I just released was in my mid-back, 
Mm. Yeah, um, he has what's called swimmers um, or rickets. And when he was a baby, he didn't have enough nutrients. And so his bones were very soft. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. he wasn't saved before they sort of um, knitted together in his spine. So So his mobility is challenged? Yes. It's not. I mean, he still lives like a normal ferret, but um, okay. He... So that could make sense of his and his his lower um, legs that are more challenged. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the upper body is taking on more of the effort. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's why the left shoulder is out because I think mm. he's probably using that more. It's okay. overworked. And like the neck is out a little bit, so I can release that to start with. Yeah, if you sometimes could. it's the um, the parts that are being you know if you're limping, <laughs> you limp. Yeah. One side, your other side starts hurting because it's it's doing more of the work. So that's kind of the microphone, I'm... please. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to release um, unsupported. Is the name? And this is old, this is not necessarily current stuff. Uh, unsupported motion that's very common in animals, actually. Um, helplessness, clean that. Defensive, just clean that. Does Winnie have a bit of a sense of humor? Yes. Very much so. He thinks he's funny. He he definitely thinks he's funny. Mm -hmm. He will fight us and then run away. (laughs) I I would, are parrots in themselves kind of like clown like animals? Yes, very much so. Okay. So that he thinks he's funnier than the other two. He definitely does. Don't you? Um, um, seems to like the other two. Okay. Um, he likes that they're there, although <laughs> they can irritate him sometimes. He gets teased. Yes, that's true. His sister is annoying him lately. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that makes sense then. There's some frustration maybe we've dealt with. So I ask, I can ask yes and no questions. That's what mm-hmm. I teach a lot of people. That's where we start okay. is asking yes and no questions. So I'm going to ask him if it's with. If it's if the frustration is that with your um uh, no okay so is it with so it's if it's not with you but it is with somebody in the house is there somebody else in the house my husband yeah okay it's him oh no it is him. Oh, because he's not there. Oh. 
<laughs> he doesn't see him as often anymore. So, yeah. He's doing night shifts and things, so he doesn't get to hang out as much. Oh, okay. So they miss Daddy. They miss his Daddy. He's a little frustrated that why he isn't there to spend more time with him. Should be the one that he should please spend his time with. <laughs> well, they do get along well. The world does. The world does revolve around them. You know. <laughs> does that all make sense? Did, was it, I on target uh, with them? Yeah, I think so. Is there anything I can do for his back? Um, I would recommend. It, it, I'm not certified in this modality, mm -hmm. but it's something that is very good. Uh, to keep energy moving and help with discomfort. It's called a modality called T Touch, T T O U C H. Okay. And it's a very simple thing to learn how to do. And um you can YouTube it. But you okay. just simple circles. It's really light touch. Mm -hmm. And it says you take your like your fingertips and you just do a circle. Think of a, a the old fashioned clock system, the hands uh -huh. and the numbers. If you start at 12 o'clock and you go all the way around to the 12 and then just yeah. keep going to the three, full circle and a quarter with your fingers. Just really light and just you're barely moving the hair and the skin. Just super light. And then do that along his back and his spine. Uh, okay. In the weak areas. And even in this, in, especially in the areas also like we, that left side, like I suggested, that oh. better. That I can move my neck better than it does. Mm -hmm. So. Just all they tend to really like it, and they and it just keeps that energy flowing, and and it's also triggering the calming. So for your puppy that gets upset, that's a really good one. It because it gets the chemicals flowing that are triggering the parasympathetic response system, which is the calming system versus the anxiety hmm. system. So it's okay. just very soothing. You can do it on yourself. I do it on myself all the time if I have a boo boo <laughs> aches or pains or my sciatic or back or something is acting up. I'll do the tea touch and it helps, helps it tremendously, drops the pain down and sometimes lets go of <laughs> whatever energy is blocking things. Hmm. So it's something you can do. It's different than petting or massaging. Okay. Those are good too. It's just that the, the petting can actually trigger the, um, the adrenaline. And for these little guys, sometimes they probably they they seem to me that they can be high energy. Uh, yes, <laughs> very uh, high energy. So, so getting something that helps calm them down, as opposed to giving them something else that already hypes them up, mm -hmm. the T touch can help calm them down. Okay. So, and I would do it regularly. So when you pet, so switch over to some T touches regularly, so that you, it kind of creates the Pavlovian response. Then, so then when they are more upset or really not feeling good by doing the tea touch. Their bodies will start triggering the the that chemical, the calming chemical, mm -hmm. before their thinking brain can kick in. So it just really helps in a lot of different situations. So it's a great mm -hmm. modality. Again, I'm not certified in it, but but the uh, Linda Tellington oh, is a mm -hmm. is wonderful lady that created the modality. You might be interested in her books and stuff. She, she's just, you'd be interested in her tremendously hmm. in her background and what she teaches. Cool. Mm -hmm. Do we have time to look at the other two or not? Yeah. yeah? yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Let's see what they say. I'm very curious now. Okay. <laughs> I got you hooked. <laughs>
So yes, this is Marie. Marie? Mm-hmm. M-A-R-I-E? Yes. The first thing that popped in that I heard was, I'm spoiled. <laughs> Is that <That's> good? <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I'm trying not to spoil you. <laughs> so maybe she wants to be spoiled. Yeah, maybe. So that was the first thing. That She's a bit demandy, this one. <laughs> okay. That, well, that might be where the spoiled is that I think maybe she wants to be spoiled and thinks that she's deserving of that. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Um, again, I'll, that was a, a word that just came flying in immediately. I don't, I don't, I don't censor that stuff. Mm -hmm. just tell you what I first hear. Sure. Also down the in, in the back area that felt the relief going down the back. Hmm. Some insecurity coming out too. Okay. There was that. Is she more nervous? Yes, a lot more nervous. Okay. Oh, because I get that she gets kind of anxious and nervous. Oh. Then. Doesn't like. Is she into her routine? She really likes her routine of things. Um. Is that? I'm not really sure. Uh, she likes. She likes she doing likes similar things. things. I was going to say she doesn't like change. Yeah, she doesn't like change. That's about right. Okay, so that's. Oh, so that gets her more anxious and unsettled when they change. So that would be one of the, she'd be a good one to think ahead of time. If you're going to mm. do something different, to explain it to her. Okay. And do it as simple Sorry. as possible. Uh, and it's nothing to apologize over. It's just that that's her personality. I'm sorry it's, to her, though, because I don't want her anxious. Yeah, but it is. How would you know that that was what she did? Going on. Oh. And again, the tea touches will be huge for her. Okay. That's really good for anxious animals. Yeah. Uh, get that calming stuff in there that will help get her uh, more settled. And if she does have to have something that is unsettling with a change, you can do the tea touch either before and after, and that okay. might help her get more settled more quickly. And then she's thinking. Oh, we're gonna do this, <laughs> and, and it, it's kind of. I had an. Uh, I had a rescue dog, and my my first dog when I was first learning to do this communication stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, he would just get really anxious when we. He loved car rides, but he would get anxious if it was a new route, and because he had been um, abandoned, mm. I was his third or fourth owner. That he had lived with, and so any time we went to some place new, he thought, "Oh, it, this is it. I'm getting, I'm getting yeah. dropped off." 
So they were getting really anxious. And so he would just whine and pace and pant in the car like crazy. And finally, I thought, I'm going to think to him what's going on instead of just telling him because talking to him didn't help. Mm-hmm. So I thought it to him. I said, we're going to go to all, this is all we're going to do. We're going to do this errand. And again, I'm thinking it to him instead of saying it out loud. We're going to do this errand. We're going to stay in your car. We're going to run in real fast, come out, and then we're going to go home. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And I said, and all I need you to do is just, it's okay if you just lay down. Mm-hmm. And you don't. Know, your job, and I gave him a job, and his job was just to stay in the car and watch things for me. Mm-hmm. He laid down and was quiet. <laughs> so, oh, she hates my fingernails for some reason. Ah, if I have nail polish on, chomp, chomp, chomp. Stop attacking it. <laughs> Sorry, she knocked the headphones off. Yeah. She's <sighs> definitely more energetic. <laughs> she is very energetic. And at the moment, she's one of her insecurities at the moment is that she, um, we lost one of our ferrets earlier this year. And he was the was bottom. Was it the baby? No. He, he was the bottom of the hierarchy. And now she's the bottom of the hierarchy, and she doesn't like that. No. Okay. No. So I'm going to clear grief then. Let's clear <laughs> grief. She wants to know if you're going to get another one. Maybe. <laughs> Does she not like that idea? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily she would like somebody on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> it will be another so boy. It will be another boy, okay? <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, I would, if if you get another one, select it carefully <laughs> so that it will be above it. Well, boys are usually at the bottom, so. But Is your I, other one a female? Yeah, the boss one's a female. Okay. And that okay. works very well. But so um, she bosses uh, Winnie? Winnie around, yes, because she has to make sure that she's the boss now. So, But, boss but, Winnie. Is Winnie, but Winnie's in the higher, in the higher arc even? Uh, before, than... Yeah, he was because uh-huh. he's bigger and more playful and things and Marie wasn't really bothered. And now she oh. has to prove that she is the boss so, of Winnie. Oh. And so that's very annoying to Winnie, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> So that's part of the yeah, because Winnie's just Winnie's just being chased around by her all the time, and she's just trying to lick him constantly, like to prove that she's the boss. So then he's going on. Oh, he's like, I'm trying to it. play, and that's why he was frustration and some of his like ease. <laughs> yes, that that's what I thought. Anyway, yes, oh, okay, so well, that makes sense. Yes, and you're a bit crazy, aren't you? Yes, yes. <laughs> And she's the one with the behavioural issue that I'd like to stop. She bites people. She's a face biter, aren't you? Um, okay. <laughs> well, she sees our noses more like a face. And I don't know if they bite at each other's faces. They do. 
So yeah, that's where she doesn't know where human or her face kind of the nose a nose looks like a ferret. <laughs> it's that shape, you know, that point. Yeah, so that makes sense. She's probably going after our nose. Um, yeah. Well her eyesight's not the best either, so and uh and it's probably that hot seeing our face <laughs> or the nose thinks that, oh my god, there's a ferret I need to show who's boss. So how about we just don't put you near faces? How about that? Yeah, that's <laughs> a hard one to change. I don't know how you... I, I'm not a trainer. So no, that's fine. A trainer. That's but, fine. But she's definitely high energy there, so mm. do lots of touches on her. That way. <laughs> okay. Alright, I'll go and get the last one. Let's see what happens there. <laughs> Easy. And this is Trixie. I was also at the very end. Is is Marie kind of ADD? <laughs> Probably, but all ferrets are. <laughs> I, I was going. I wasn't sure if that's a a, a trait of a ferret or very she much just so. seemed more on the extreme side. <laughs> oh, she is very uh, hyperactive. <laughs> okay. Hasn't got much of an attention span. Yeah. It was very busy in my head, oh, and I could see in her body language too. Oh, more than the other. This was a liquor. Yeah, she's a sweetie. Trixie. Very much different. Very calm this year, of course, both physically and spiritually. And she was. Oh, she's kind of an older soul. <laughs> A little bit of worry that I'm going to leave. She too gets frustrated and teased with both, but especially uh, Marie. <laughs> oh, she does like her though, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, she said she's okay, <laughs> tolerable, tolerable. <laughs> um, are they kind of like a? I don't know. Comfortable are are ferrets more comfortable having more ferrets with them, or are they kind of particular? Uh, they are particular in the ferret's personality, but they do like other ferrets a lot. So you have to choose, choose ones that, yeah. Then is she the eldest? Yeah. Um. She said she wouldn't mind another baby around. <laughs> as long as it's not like Murray. <laughs> <laughs> One, is One is enough. Yeah, that's what I think too. <laughs> um, 
normal girls. I think that another, a, a calmer male probably would help calm Marie down. I think so too. Good, um, good thinking, Tracy. She has pride in her little pride. Uh, not, it, she has a healthy pride, but there's a little bit of, um, know what the pride is about, but it hurts pride. <laughs> overwhelmed. That's where overwhelmed. Okay. And defensiveness. Okay. It's a little defensive. She's, oh, worried. I'm going to get Lisa worried because she's a little bit worried about Marie, too. Um, okay. If she gets a little too, as she gets older, that she may not be able to handle Marie. <laughs> yes, well, she's just the boss, so she feels like she has to right. remain the boss. It now. She needs to remain the boss, but she's well aware that if she, as she gets older and maybe not as mobile or able to defend herself as well, mm -hmm. that it might be harder to do so. She's not worried about Winnie, but she is worried a bit about mm -hmm. Marie. Okay. Uh, so she's not sure she can always keep her in her place. Hmm. What does that she think sense? about the dog? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> you both think the other's the same breed as you. She doesn't know quite how to... She doesn't know his language very well. Yeah. And sometimes... She She's entertaining, or she. She's entertaining. She, yeah. She's entertaining sometimes. That's good. How she moves around, and <laughs> it was just barking, barking, scares, scares her sometimes, annoys. She annoys. Mm -hmm. and she doesn't know why. So she's not very nice. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so she doesn't know if she needs to go hide or protect herself. Yeah. So. Okay. Is there danger? Is there danger mm -hmm. to them? So she doesn't yeah. understand her language very well. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Then neither does <laughs> she understand it. <laughs> they don't understand each other's language. No, that's true. But you know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I have, again, my three barn cats, and I have one barn cat in particular that just loves for my alpacas, my male. <laughs> and when he was a kitten, he so badly wanted to rub up against and weave in and out. You know how the cats like to weave in and out of mm -hmm. place and stuff? He so badly wanted to do that with my alpaca, one of the mm -hmm. males that was out grazing. And I was just watching. And the alpaca's like, what are you doing? And he would step away from it. He was very gentle because he could have easily stopped that the cat. Yeah. And then the cat and, and they rub noses and stuff. The kind of went up and touched noses, which was very cute. But the cat so badly wanted to rub it in and out of the legs because you see the punishment. And the alpaca's like, "Why are you doing that? That's not okay." <laughs> <laughs> and the cat's going, "Because I love you." And the alpaca's yeah. like, well, don't So they just didn't understand each other's leg languages, but they loved each other. It's very so, but they yeah. learned. And they were very gentle, and actually the alpaca was very protective of them. 
uh, of the cat. So when he thought he was in a place that he could see, he would chase him back to the barn and all sorts of stuff. So they can learn to really love each other. Just I love when other species that normally wouldn't you wouldn't think would be friends mm-hmm. really bond with each other and make they figure it out. They can figure it out. This is very cool. Well, and they figure it out on their own. I didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Well, Freya's very nice. gentle, and the ferrets could totally like bite and really hurt Freya if they wanted to, but they don't. So. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah, I think they're I not would, yeah. too bad. And even um, even uh, Maria's not bite, but doesn't bite his face. Um, she'll try, okay. but um, she doesn't actually hurt her. I mean, the thing is, they're so the bite is so strong they could break your finger, but they don't because they they chew through chicken necks all the time. So right, yeah, but they so they, they choose not to self aware. So they're self-aware not to be yet. Yeah, it's a defensive thing only, so or eating things only. Mm-hmm. And um, they choose not to do that, but that's good. So do you find them very smart? Very smart? smart, yes. A bit too smart sometimes, aren't you? But mm-hmm. also very um, low attention span, but very like sometimes they focus on something and then they just they will figure that out and they will not give up. Most of the time, very low attention span. Ah, but they can Well, that would fit that, you know, when they're hunting to get to the eggs, mm. they have to be focused. That's kind of the predator. Yeah. Prey, that they have to be kind of focused when they're for hunting purposes or getting yeah. But then have to be very busy. Very <laughs> busy. Sit still. They do not know. They remind me of otters. They are related to otters, so. That makes sense. <laughs> Are they? Do they like water like the otters? Uh, not particularly. They'll get in the shower with, um, and like they like the rainfall, but they don't like baths. Mine don't like baths. Others might. They're based on their own personalities. Yeah. Yeah, she's very pretty. She's sweet. Anything wrong with her, do you think? Or she's good? I feel like it. I think she's got a good energy flow. That's good. Just clear those couple things for her, but now I don't feel any discomfort out of her. Do you think she misses the one that passed away? Or is she fine? Yeah, I think she misses him. She misses him for a little bit for companionship again. I think it's more the hierarchy thing. When when we when when an animal when you have multiple animals and one is lost, then there's always an adjustment. Yeah, the hierarchy what you're seeing. Uh, so that's some of the behavioral issues that you see. Uh, yeah, and so oh, they were good is, friends. They loved each other a lot. So okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I but, think she probably was. Was she more bonded with? The one that passed in with them, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Were they together longer? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Quincy was there when she came home to us, so. Oh, so he was there first. Yeah. Quincy was there first. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it'll, it would be an adjustment when it's, when somebody else is coming in to your, their territory. Is a yeah. different adjustment than if if 
they're already there. <laughs> yeah, well, Quincy and um, so it was Quincy and Trixie, and then we got Winnie and Marie together. Oh. When one of our other ones passed away suddenly, yeah. And then you Trixie that, was the boss. <laughs> you know that the others come periodically to say hello? Uh, a psychic's told me that, yeah. A medium told me that they come. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. She seems to be aware when they come. Maybe. She's I don't a little know. more tuned into it. Yeah. Occasionally. <laughs> Yeah, I think that might be why she's not as well. She understands that he went to the light, so that's okay, and that she comes by. So, okay. hmm. <laughs> children again. <laughs> <laughs> she also just wants to play with them as well, so that's her thing. Any other questions? Uh, no. Um, I guess just how can people find you? Um, uh, you can get. In touch with me uh, from my website, yourenergyhealer.com. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a contact form there. That's probably the best way, mm -hmm. uh, especially from Australia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I do Zoom sessions. I have actually one of my uh, students that did the semi-private was in Darwin, uh, huh. Australia. And so we worked together for a number of months together. Helping her learn how to communicate with animals. So I have worked with Australians before. <laughs> We've managed the uh, time challenge. The That's time good. Difference challenge. <laughs> okay. It's doable. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Um, oh, thank you. That was fun. Yeah. Thank you. Hey. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you're interested in what Cindy has to offer, please go to her website. Um, I'll put it in the show notes. Another reminder, we have, well, I have a, um, a buy me a coffee, um, which would be very much appreciated if you could contribute just a few dollars to that to help keep me going. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week. Bye.